Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. Hello. So today for another episode with Cecilia, and we're going to talk about a topic that is so important for the data community, and that's learning. I mean, this is something we could talk about for days, I, I think. And so many questions come when we do some mentoring or when we're talking around in at conferences, etc. And there, there is always this problem around learning. How do we make sure we keep up to date with the skills we need? How do we know what we, what it is that we have to learn? And loads of questions around that topic. So we thought we would address it on the podcast. Hey, Cecilia. Hi, Karen. Um, I know I have a lot of questions about this. Um, <laughs> this is just an ongoing problem in my life, <laughs> in my data life. <laughs> I think it's an ongoing problem in everyone's life, especially in data. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest problem with learning in data is that there is just so much out there. Um, it feels like every other day there is a new skill to learn and the list keeps growing. I remember a few years back in my career, I had this list of skills I thought I had to to master and the list kept growing and growing and I could never keep up with that list and that created loads of anxiety, imposter syndrome, etc. And I feel there is not enough guidance in terms of where we should start, what it is we should learn, how we should learn things. And I don't know if you remember Cecilia, but you I think it was maybe a year something ago where you were on the podcast with Bianca. Yeah, Bianca Pal, where you were talking about touting in data and she, she talked about the learning purgatory. Do you remember that? Yes, I absolutely do. And um, all of the things you were talking about, the lack of guidance and the never-ending list and all of that. Yeah, I've been through all of those phases. I'm still on it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, we did discuss it with Bianca, which was quite interesting to know that you're not by yourself on this. Yeah, definitely. And I think because a lot of the influencers out there, they have courses and then it feels like people are learning all the time. But the reality is the majority is really struggling to pinpoint that course that it is that will help them in their career. They really struggle to find the time actually to to do it and also understand how they can apply this new skill in their day-to-day because sometimes the skills we want to learn are not necessarily directly related to the current role we're doing and Mm -hmm. understanding how we can then translate that in our day-to-day is quite difficult. That could lead to a bit of procrastination. Yes been there too yeah (laughs) what's the skill you're procrastinating the most on um i think the skill i'm procrastinating the most right now must be aws 
I okay. really need to get onto it. Um, we've had a change in our business and all of our data is now moved to AWS. And I've touched it a tiny bit for a day when I did my training course two years and a half ago. Oof. <laughs> and so it feels so far away and I'll get to it. <laughs> Which is the typical sentence of the procrastination people. <laughs> I, I, I can hear that. Oh, I, I know I need to do this, but really can't be bothered with it right now. <laughs> I wouldn't say it could be bothered. It's just, it takes a lot of energy, I guess. <laughs> it does. Especially when it's like, you know, I was talking about this thing where you need to find the time because we're working full time. We have a life outside of our career and yep. there is a lot happening there, right? So yep. I remember posting about on LinkedIn, that was a while ago, something around learning and um, how we can incorporate your learning in your job. And someone got very offended because he was like, not everyone has time to to learn, especially the ones who have kids. We shouldn't make learning a, such a big thing because not everybody can do extra hours. Well, the point I was making on that post was that you should include it in your day-to-day. But that's, yeah, so that really showed that, you know, it is something on top of everything we have to do. And that can make it a bit more difficult. Yeah, I guess it's true when you have kids and it's complicated to find time when you have other projects on the side or whatever it is. But at some point, you have to make a decision. Is this where I want to go? What do I want to prioritize? And I think that's the main objective. What do I want to prioritize? I couldn't agree more. This prioritization mm-hmm. thing is very, very important. So if we come back to what we're procrastinating about, <laughs> I used to procrastinate a lot on learning Python <laughs> until the day I decided to deprioritize it because it was stopping me from learning things I really wanted to learn that would have a real impact on my career uh, faster. And I was like, but I feel like I should learn Python because everyone else is learning Python. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a good enough reason. No, definitely not. And did you learn Python? No, I taught Python though. So I Ah. I can read... Good enough. We're going to talk about that later in the ideas for learning. Sounds good. (laughs) But I I can read it, but I'm not sure I could write a full code without struggling and doing loads of Googling right now. (laughs) Coming back to a prioritization, how do you actually decide what you want to learn or what you need to learn? This is a this is a really good question. So you're right to so the prioritization piece and knowing why you want to learn something is quite important for that, I think. And to me, every time I really decided to learn something and, and saw it through was when it was aligned with the direction I wanted to give my career. This is easier said than done because another problem in data is that very often we don't fully know what direction we want to go towards, right? That that Uh, is so right. (laughs) But trying to at least have a a decent understanding of where you want to go and Mm -hmm. thinking about what skills do you need to get there. So let's imagine, I don't know, you want to be an ML expert. It could be something around you know, you will think, what are the skills that are required for this job? 
And then from that, do some kind of skills audit where you're thinking, these are the skills required from this job. These are the skills I have today. Where are the gaps? Where are my strengths? And how can I really align that with this job? That's how I would approach it. And what happened is sometimes you have these I mean, we are bombarded with information when we work in data and you will always have these things where it's like, oh my God, this person mentioned this. This looks really cool. I would love to learn that. I would keep it in an idea box because then what that means is you go back to this never ending list that you can't really manage. So either you put it in an idea box or you can look at your list hopefully that's not a too big list and reprioritize <laughs> things. So it's like right. when you have, you know, when you're working and then someone bring a request, you don't just say, okay, I'm going to do this. Well, hopefully you don't do that. You will go and say, these are the things I have to do this week mm-hmm. or this month or the, I'm going, I'm working on is the new piece to be prioritized versus what I'm working on. I would approach learning and new topics the exact same way. What do you think? I yeah I quite like this idea and I have to admit this week whilst we were preparing this episode I saw your ideas for the episode and I saw the idea box and I thought oh that's great I haven't thought about that uh so I created my idea box uh, and I started writing a lot of things in one day and I thought this is not how it's supposed to be I'm sure (laughs) but I think I think creating the idea box is the first step. And then coming back to what we were just discussing, the prioritization of where exactly do you want to go, what is important, what is not, and so on. But yeah, I love the idea box. But then afterwards, I guess you need to create a development plan with that. Absolutely. This is definitely needed. Without a development plan, you're not. There is no real structure to your learning. And before we get into the development plan, I just wanted to touch a bit on learning budgets. Organizations, and bear with me on that, this is a very strong opinion. (laughs) I have a very strong opinion on it. Yeah. You know how organizations, they go and then they sell in their benefits. So you have 1,000 pounds, 2,000 pounds learning project each year, which is great. People get really excited about this learning project. And then what you find out is that no one uses it. Yep. And to me, This is because there is no guidance, there is no support, there is no development plan in place to help you use your learning budget. So it's like this thing again, if you have money and you don't know how to spend it, you're not going to spend it. Yeah. Um, So I I find it a very easy tick box exercise for organizations where they're like, oh, we're having this great learning budget, but they know they are going to keep the money to themselves anyways. but hey. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's shining and interesting when you're when you're being recruited, and I if, you, if it makes a difference if you have it or you don't have it, at least you have the option to have it. I guess that's very true. So what I would do when looking for a role also is, you know, when someone pushes the learning budget, do ask. How are you managing learning plans? Um, what support is provided? going with this learning budget and if you want to be cheeky ask what proportion of the learning budget is being used that would be a, a good one to, to Do you know what? that's well. a great question i would definitely use that for future <laughs> <laughs> probably they don't even know themselves 
Probably. But then it also shows what the company is all about, I guess. Or it, part of it is. Exactly. If it's something that really resonates with you, if it's part of your belief system and your value system, then you will want to know that you're joining an organization that supports learning. So in terms of the development plan, I would say the first thing is to talk about it with your manager. Now that can be a bit of an awkward situation because if you want your development plan to be something that will lead you outside of the organization, then you might feel a bit uncomfortable. And in this case, maybe think about having a mentor you can talk about learning budgets with or someone a bit more senior than you working in a different organization that's a friend and things like that. And then understand where you're going. And then from that, going back and then defining the skills you want to have. And in the development plan, things I tend to put are what I'm trying to learn, why I'm trying to learn this, and by when I want to have mastered the skill or at least learned the basics. Then it would be, then I would then go on what good looks like. So if something I want to learn about is data visualization, having clear example of what good data visualization looks like, and then this is the standard I'm going to be thriving towards. This is what I want to learn. Where can I get that skill from? Is there someone I can learn from? Is there an online course? Is there a book? What resource can I find? Uh, Or is it just from really practice, you know? Uh, learning by doing and I think something that's very important is also understanding who has this skill so someone you admire that has this skill that you can discuss with and learn from that person and the last thing I would put on the development plan is the barriers to learning what can get in the way of me learning that skill yeah so that's the things we discuss yeah I think that's a great point because I'm not uh, not necessarily from a data career because it's a baby data career so far uh, but um, in even in my career in hospitality I don't think we've ever discussed barriers in a development plan and now that you're mentioning it yeah this is it's necessary to also measure how this is going to impact your learning or your day-to-day work and how you get around it. So yeah, definitely, definitely a good point there. Quite like that. Yeah. And I think the, this one came from putting development plans together and failing miserably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's how you learn. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so we mentioned also a bit earlier, like ideas for learning Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we were talking about where you get these keys and you asked me about if I learn Python, I found that the best way for me to learn something is by teaching it. Because I, yes, I'm a self-starter, but especially when it comes to technical skills, it's really hard for me because this is not where I get my energy from, but it, all, it is part of my role. It's really hard for me to kickstart this learning. So I will start on, you tell me something around, oh, Karen, I need to put a learning plan together, or I need some mentoring about something. I'll be like, yes, let's do this. If I have to learn something technical, it will be a bit more difficult. So I found that a good way for me to learn that is by teaching it. 
I mean, I know that for me, teaching feels a bit daunting. I'm a bit scared of it. But it is also a little bit of getting out of your comfort zone, I guess. Very much. But yeah, so it's a good point. Still scared of it. (laughs) (laughs) So what else do you think would be a good way of, uh, of learning? Yeah, so there are many ways. You you made a very good point here about it daunting for you. I guess for different people, different things will, will work. I've always wanted to be a teacher, so it it is kind of oh. my way of teaching. Yeah. So maybe that's a difference between the two of us. I never <laughs> wanted to be one. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but o- other ways of learning is, you know, learning bodies. Um, this is mm-hmm. something that I found very useful, having someone to keep you accountable and you're learning something together, uh, okay. which is what we're doing. Correct. Very yeah. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and also monthly reviews. So and this is not really an idea for learning and I guess it could potentially go with the development plan, but making sure that you have a, p- a moment every month where you reflect on your learning, that, that's quite important. It helps you track your progress. But then everything that is reading articles, for example, is a learning opportunity. It doesn't have to be the formal training that we see all the time. That's a good point. And yes, learning buddy is cool. And the, the monthly reviews, I think it's a good point to have a reflection every month or so every so often of what you've done so far i quite like that yeah is there anything that worked for you when you did uh, when you were learning uh definitely the learning buddies um because we would have uh, we would spend the whole day in, in classes and then in the evenings we would have like homework or projects we needed to do or something we wanted to review so we would get back into because it was back in during pandemic times where everyone was at home so everything was on zoom so we would get back and there was always three or four people who I get along really well, and we would go get into a into a Zoom call. And even if we were doing our own thing, we would be together in the Zoom call doing our own thing. And then you can always go, "Oh, what do you think about this? Can you what, did did you get around to question number twenty five, or you know, so on and so forth?" So I quite like that. Yeah, I think the accountability of that is quite good. I like I like working with someone. I do like having my own space and having my moment to think, but I quite like having the bounce back with someone. Mm, yeah, I hear that. Now this is your time to share your best tips with us listeners. So go on our LinkedIn post and comment. Let us know what has worked for you or not. And I'll see you in a few weeks. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.